local kids, local schools. John Logan's School of Thought. Welcome to School of Thought. and Today we head to the country, courtesy of the kids from the Bindern Primary School. Joining us to tell us all about growing up in the country, we welcome from the Bindern Primary School, the Year 5s and 6s, Lucy, Lily, Emily and Gabe. Hi, guys. Hi. Hi, John. Now, before we get into your topics, and you've selected some very interesting ones, I'd like to ask you a question, the same question to each of you, to get you thinking. It's a think starter, if you like. What do you like most about living in the country? Gabe? Uh, I like how it's got, like, this beautiful scenery and all the lovely people around. How about you, Emily? Um, all the different opportunities we have that some city kids don't get. What sorts of opportunities? Um, like getting to know like the life cycle of animals and getting to find out, um, you know, the farm life and all such types of things. Lily, why do you like being in the bush? Um, I like living in the country because you get to get muddy and dirty. Like other kids get get scared just to get some dirt on them. That sounds like a very yeah, a fantastic way of spending your day, getting down and dirty and having a bit of fun yeah. <laughs> with your friends and maybe your parents and grandparents as well. Who knows? Yeah. How about you, Lucy? Um, probably just getting the fresh air. Like in the city, you just get like heaps of pollution and that, but in the country, you just get the fresh air. You're a farm girl and you've chosen to talk about farming this afternoon. Okay. What is it about farming that you love so much? I just love the space and that I can be like with all the animals and I have plenty of room to run around and play. Tell us about your farm. Well, it's like really big. It's 22,000 acres and um, we do a lot of stuff. So we do cropping and livestock. So it's not actually your farm. You're telling us this off air. It's a farm that you live on, but you actually, your parents actually work it, do they? Yeah, my dad works on the farm and then we get um, the house to live in and we go down and help dad as well. Broadacre farming we're talking about in Bindern, aren't we? Uh, so we're to- talking about wheat and sheep and canola. Yeah. Okay. What other crops do you have? Um, we have barley, um, lupins, canola, wheat and um, oats. Okay, so there's a really good market at the moment for wheat and for canola, I understand. How's the growing season been and been doing so far? It's been really good because we've had really good rains and it, um, I think it's going to be like good harvest at the end of the year. So that's going to make everyone very happy, isn't it? Yeah, I would say so. <laughs> Now, is one of the reasons you wanted to talk about farming today because you think maybe some of the people in the city don't know too much about the bush and about farming? Yeah, um, I just like getting people involved and, like, people changing a lifestyle, so, like, going from the city to a country. What do you do on the farm? You did tell me off-air that you actually help out on the farm. So my sister and um, myself, we go down and help Dad when he's doing shearing and something sometimes we go in the harvester with him. Okay, so lots of other things you do on the farm as well. I mean, you also told me about seven dogs. You've got five working dogs and then two living the life of Riley, so to speak, your pet dogs. Tell yeah, us about those. We've got, so the five that we have now, we, they're all our working dogs, but the main ones is the big boys called Jeep and Jay. And then there's two that are house dogs, which one's out in the kennel now. What sorts of dogs are they? What breed? So not, they're all Kelpies, but one of the house dogs, she is a, um, her name's Starlight, she's a Dash Hound Cross Blue Healer. There's a lot of interest in organic farming, isn't there? Not only in Bindoon, but all over WA. Yes. 
Let's open this discussion about organic farming to the rest of the group. Um, Lily, what do you think about organic farming? I think it's really good and good for the environment. Well, Lucy will probably tell you that organic farming is really good for the environment, so you're spot on there, isn't she? Yes, she is. So there's less um, herbicides and less pesticides. But do you guys really think it's viable to have all these organic farms or do you think the traditional way of farming is probably the best? I think it's good to have mixed and so, like, you get some things that are a little bit of a different product in that. Gabe, what do you think about organic farming? Do you think it's got a future? Yeah, I think it's definitely good, especially because some people don't really want to take the chance that there's still some pesticides in the food that they're eating. What about you, Emily? What do you think about this one? Do you think it's the way ahead, the future? I don't really know much about it. I think it's uh, there's a chance, but there's also a chance it might not be the you know future. Well, Bindon, of course, is very big into orchards. It's not just broadacre farming, sheep and, and, of course, wheat and canola. You're very big into citrus, aren't you? Yeah, my grandma owned a farm. Your grandma owned a farm? Yeah, a citrus farm. A citrus farm. What sorts of things did she grow on the citrus farm? Uh, Lemons, limes, oranges and mandarins. And was that a farm that was herbicide and pesticide free or did she use those herbicides and pesticides? I actually don't know. Do you think as you go forward you'd be more inclined to eat fruit if the fruit actually was grown in an environment which was free of herbicides and pesticides? Probably, yeah. What do you think about that, Gabe? Yeah, I agree with Emily and because, like I said before, it doesn't have like the chance you're eating pesticides, which is not good. <laughs> Where do you come from on this, Lucy? I'm um, not entirely sure. Lots of orchards in Bindoonbad, isn't there? Yeah, there's one like right outside our school. Right outside your school. In fact, I've seen that one. I think that one is a mandarin orange orchard from memory. I'm not sure what, if it was mandarin or orange, but I know it grows a lot of fruit. Do people in Bindoon talk about organic farming and the importance of organic farming and maybe the future of farming? I'm not 100% sure. What about the kids? What do the kids think about this? Would you like to see more organic farms than yourself? I mean, you have talked about less herbicides and more and less pesticides and all that sort of stuff. Would you like to see more organic farms in Bindoon? Yeah, probably. Back to you, Lucy, one final question. Would you like to be a farmer? Yes. So in the future, we can see Lucy the farmer in Bindoon, maybe Lucy with all sorts of organic farming as well as traditional farming all over WA. You're really keen at getting into farming, aren't you? Yeah, I love farming and I wouldn't trade it for the world. You wouldn't trade it for the world. Wheat and sheep, or would you like to get into orchards? Probably more wheat and sheep because I've grown up with that. I could talk to you about farming all day, actually. I come from a country town, Manjumup, which is in the southwest. Very small, intensive farming lots. They grow lots of potatoes and all that sort of stuff down there, and they run some cattle and some sheep. And, yeah, they do all sorts of wonderful little things in an intensive area, so small blocks, whereas you guys have got the bigger blocks. And, of course, you know your wheat and your canola and your other uh, crops are well and truly sort of sought after outside of WA as well as in WA itself. Many of them go into the export market. Local students, their views. John Logan's School of Thought. Welcome back to School of Thought. And with me today are the kids from Bindoon Primary School. 
Lily, there's a buzz of excitement about this one. <laughs> you want to talk about bees and beekeeping, don't you? Yeah, I do. Now, your father's a beekeeper. Yeah. He produces bush honey. And I understand that you got interested in this when you were very young. You're only, what, 11 now. Is that right? Um, almost 11. Almost 11. So you're actually 10. Now, and you got into it, oh, maybe when you were a toddler by the sounds of it. No, only when I think Dad started about two and a half years ago doing beekeeping because he wanted to get into, like, see how the environment and nature works by watching them. So what is it about these that you're interested in? Um, I just, my dad's just told me a lot about it and it's one thing that I know a lot about and I never really get a chance to tell anybody about it. Well, you're getting the chance today, Lily. You're really getting the chance. Your hives, I understand you have 27 hives and that every hive can hold up to 50,000 bees. Is that right? Yes, it is right. Okay, so whereabouts do you set up your hives? Um, We have them in our back paddock. We have a five-acre land and we have... We have 26 of them there, and then we have one at our granny's house in Perth. 27 hives, 50,000 bees. That's a heck of a lot of bees, Lily. Yeah. <laughs> now, does it surprise you that some local government areas, particularly in the big city like the metropolitan area, setting up hives is something which is a bit of a no-no, or it's very limited? Yeah. Um, whereas in the bush, like out in Bindoon, you can pretty much set up your hives anywhere, can't you? Yeah, you can. Dad has a friend with, like, people have hundreds. We've only got a tiny amount compared to other commercial people. So does it surprise you that in the city you just can't put as many hives up as you can, like in the country? Yeah, but they wouldn't really have much room and the neighbours would get really angry and annoyed about all the bees, especially if they're allergic to bees too. But not too many people actually die of bee stings, do they? No, I think only like 20 over the past 13 years or something have died, or maybe even less. So should people be worried about bees? No, not at all. I understand that if a bee stings you, and there's lots of stingless bees, isn't there? Yeah, there is like the native bees and stuff and drones. The the males can't even sting you either. Well, if they do sting you, if they are a bee that can sting you, that they actually end up killing over themselves too, don't they? Yeah, they kill themselves. They only sting you if you're, they're really threatened because they're not going to just randomly sting you because, like, what, they, why would they? They're just going to kill themselves. Good point, Lily. Very good point. Now, let's go through the process. Tell us a little bit about the queen bee, the drones and the worker bees in the honey-making process. Um, well, when they make the honey, so they go out into, and look for flat like pollen and nectar and stuff and then they put it on things on their legs they take it back to the hive and they just like they put it in their mouth or something and then they like get it into another bee's mouth and they have this thing inside of them that makes it and turns it into honey and then I think the bees like vomit or something get out oh is that right <laughs> yeah <laughs> I didn't know about that bit so who does the work? The drones and the other bees, you know, like the worker bees? or The drones are lazy, but they only, use, they only use the drones, I'm pretty sure, during winter, and then they kick them out because they only need them to mate and make new bees. Okay, so the worker bees are really the, the worker bees, aren't yeah. they? Okay. How about the queen bee? She doesn't do much, does she? 
Um, no, she she's if they don't have a queen, then the hive won't be able to survive because the queen lays like two thousand eggs a day. So, and that's all those bees getting made, and it, otherwise the bees will just die because they only um, live for a couple of weeks. So the queen is kind of busy in her own kind of way, yeah. isn't she? Yeah. Honey, of course, is very important in the scheme of things in our diet. Um, it tastes good, but it's also good in terms of medicine, isn't it? Yeah, it is. And they use, people believed, or some people believe that proper, the propolis, the stuff that they use to glue the lid, the lid of the hive shut, that needs a tool to get the propolis off and unstick the lid. But people believe, some people believe that that can cure cancer. Is that right? Okay. Let's open this up, this talk, this discussion, to the other members of our group here. Emily, Gabe and Lucy, do you eat honey? Yes. Um, sometimes. Definitely. Why do you eat honey? Those who eat honey? Because it's delicious. Yeah, I agree with you. So you don't really think about the medical benefits of it, the health benefits of it as such? Um, Not really just eat no, it because you like the taste of it? I didn't even know that it could be cured and that. So did you know that not all bees are stingers? Uh, I did know that some didn't sting. You did know that? Yeah. Okay. Okay. Well done. What about the rest of the group? I did know that some didn't sting, but I didn't know, like, the male ones and that. How about you, Gabe? You're being very, very quiet. I knew some didn't, but like Lucy, I didn't know the males didn't sting. So who's afraid of bees? Lucy, are you afraid of bees? Only when I got stung and then I'm scared for a while and then I get back to normal and then I get stung again and it goes all over again. Gabe? I'm only scared if they're, like, on my face. Emily, how about you? I'm scared for the bee. And what did you think about bees that aren't stingers? Um, I think they do, they're important for the environment and we would struggle without bees. They have a very important place, don't they? Bees in the environment and, of course, and they produce the honey and, as Lily's explained to us, of course, there's health benefits from the bees and all that sort of stuff. Lily, I want to come back to you. Your bees are in Bindoon, most of them are anyway, so they're close to the forest and the bush. Does that mean they produce better honey? Um, yeah, some people might think it because they're getting all the flowers and stuff and some people, if you get your honey tested, you can get this little label to put on your thing and say that if it's tested out to get Jarrah honey, like Jarrah honey's really expensive. They can sell it for like double the amount that it would normally sell. It costs a lot to get it tested, but if you get it tested, you can put a little label on your jar and say that it's Jarrah honey and you can sell it for a lot more. So obviously it depends on the environment where the bees are actually living as to how good the honey is at the end of the day. Having said that, I understand that sometimes you actually have to feed the bees. Yeah, we do, because um, sometimes during winter or summer, um, the flowers get a bit low on pollen and nectar, so and they don't have enough like, pollen stuff to make enough honey for the whole hive. So Dad sometimes makes up sugar water, which is... Um, sugar and boiling water mixed together and he puts it in a little plastic bag and then pokes some holes in the bag and puts it on top of the hive and that they feed that but we have to put food colouring in it because we don't want sh- um, honey like sugar in our honey because that's not really natural and it's bad for you so we get the like we might put blue food colouring and if we see blue in the honey we just separate that from the real Are there honey. lots of beekeepers in Bindu? Um, yeah there's quite a few we've 
My dad has a couple of people that he knows who does beekeeping and stuff. Would you like to see more people get into producing honey and would you like to see more people take an interest in the people who are producing honey and learn about the fact that bees are not that bad after all? Yeah, I would like that, but it's okay to be afraid of bees because it does really hurt when they sting you and it swells up and it's really uncomfortable too. I think that's a fair enough point as well. It's students having their say. John Logan's School of Thought. I'm really lucky this afternoon to have four fabulous kids from Bindern Primary School with me, Lucy, Lily, Gabe and Emily. Emily, you want to talk about Bindern? Yes. And I guess you love living in Bindern. I sure do. What do you like about Bindern most? Um, there's lots of things, but my favourite part is like the community spirit that it's so easy to get to know people and there's amazing things that, that go on. And there's exciting things, like there's so many different things. What do kids do in Bindu? Um, We have a park, oval, mainly school. We have libraries, like hang out and play in mud, go to the jewel mar, go camping. So many different things we can do. Would you rather be a kid in Bindoon or a kid growing up in the metropolitan area? Definitely live in Bindoon then. Definitely living in Bindoon is better than the metropolitan area. Yeah, in my right? opinion, um, there's much better opportunities in Bindoon. We have all sorts of things happening in Bindoon. I understand you have lots of festivals, yeah. get-togethers as, as people. What do you do? Um, we have Wayuellies, Bindoon shows, lots of different type of shows and Where your wellies, what's that about? Um it's I think it's a fundraiser when we all there's mud and we get to play in the mud and it's called wear your wellies because you gotta wear boots that are called wellies, like rain boots. Gum boots, yeah. Um and that it's fun because there's worms in the mud and all different exciting things for way wellies. What other things do you do in Bindoon? What other activities do you get into the clubs and the other community groups? Uh, we have Men's Shed, CWA, Youth Crew, which is something that I'm in. Um, go get exciting, like meet other teenagers or younger kids and get involved in community events. Well, I come from the bush, you know that, don't you? Yeah. One of the things I found is that the spirit, the community spirit is very strong very yeah. close-knit community. So if things go awry, things go south for whatever reason, the community of Bindoon or Manjmup where I grew up, for example, people tend to get together and rally around, don't they? Yeah, we. it's like a big family pretty much. Pretty much like a big family. You look after each other, which is one of the things yeah. that sadly don't find too much of in the city as such. Since COVID... Have you noticed a lot more people coming up from the Perth metropolitan area into Bindoon to maybe spend a day or more? Yeah, um, we have a little... It's like a little caravan park, but not really. It's on our oval. You pay like $5 to park your caravan up and stay a few nights on the weekend. And you'll see people bring all their quads and motorbikes up to come see our Julema. And so many people come up just to see what is in us country town. Let's say I'm coming up from the city and I want to spend some time in Bindoon. I've only got a day. Where would I go to in Bindoon? I would go to Black Boy Ridge, which is now called Jitty Jitty Ridge, and it's um, a hill you can walk up and the, when you get to the top there's an amazing view that you can see hills, trees, and it's so green and beautiful and you can, like, there's this thing that people put a rock and it's like a rock tower. You've got to put a rock every time you go. 
uh, I would recommend going there. You've had some pretty famous people actually visit Bindoon. Yeah, um, we had a prince come to our bakery and I think we had Mark McGowan come to our hall, so we're pretty lucky. So that's a premier. The prince? Prince who? Prince Harry. Prince Harry. Yes. He came to visit Bindoon. How about in terms of farm stays? Let's say people want to come up and spend some time with the animals and learn a bit about the animals and maybe see some of the local crops. Are there lots of farm stays in Bindoon? Yeah, there's quite a few. Um, there's quite a few for a small town. Like, it is a pretty small town, but there is at least four or five, maybe. It's about 1,200 people live in Bindoon, is that right? Yeah. Would you like to see Bindoon grow? Um. Yeah, but not too much. We don't want to get overpopulated. Why do you say that? Um, it's nice being small. We don't want to be crowded like Perth and Jindalop. How about you, Gabe? Coming um, to this conversation, what do you think about Bindoon becoming a, a bigger place? More people living there. I mean, it would be nice to know, like, not everybody because it means you'll always know people because Bindoon is a very small place, so it's kind of easy to know everybody and it would feel nice to meet new people. Sometimes there's disadvantages if you get too close to some people. Sometimes I know that is the case from the time that I spent in a small country town. I know all the pluses, the uh, close-knit community looking after each other, but sometimes uh, people know too much about you sometimes too, don't they? It just happens to be the way things are. Lily, would you like to see a bigger bin doing? Um, Not really. I like like it how it is and it's small and I don't really want it to be bigger about Perth. I don't want the Perth to crawl into it or anything. I just want it to be small and how it is. It's good. How about you, Lucy? Um, well, I don't want it to get bigger because when it gets, like, crowded areas, I get very overwhelmed and um, I just shut down. So I like Bindoon how it is because it's the perfect environment to meet more new people. I'm getting the message loud and clear that you love Bindoon, that that's your home and that's where you want to stay. But we can always build better places, can't we? Like, you know, we can do things a little differently. So I'm going to put to each of you, I'm going to start with you, Emily. Yeah. How do you build a better Bindoon? Um, maybe some clothing stores. We only really have our op shop and we don't really have any places we can get clothes from Bindoon. So maybe a clothing store or a free thing that we could go hang out in, I don't know, for kids. You're finding that as a teenager you need more clothes, are you? Um, no, just it's you have to go to Perth or Joondalup or Ellenbrook to get some clothing and it's annoying most of the time. We don't mind you coming down to Joondalup, by the way, and spending your dollars. <laughs> We're quite happy about that. Gabe, you heard the question, how do you build a better Bindoon? There's not much you can really do because you've got almost everything except the clothing clothing store, like Emily said. But it doesn't really need much changes. How about more sports clubs? No. Got enough of those? Yeah. What about for the kids? There are maybe we could build a skate park. Would you like that? Oh yeah, that. Well, there you go. I've got you thinking now, haven't haven't I? Yeah. (laughs) Lily. How do you build a better? How That's do you build a better? Exactly what I was gonna say. I was gonna say we do have a small skateboard skate park, but I skateboard myself, and it's not very good. There's too many bumps and cracks. It is 
okay, but and also we have a Brooklyn ri- a river, and um it would be cool to have like a jetty or like make it so you can go kayaking down the river because there's not much so you can get to the river. There's your message, the message from Lily to the Chittering Shire and the bosses there, the council and the bosses in the administration. How about you, Lucy? Well, there's not much that you could change, but I think Bindoon could definitely have like a rubbish cleanup because there is rubbish everywhere. So are you kids happy about the fact that tourists come up? Do they do the right thing? Do they put their rubbish in the right place? And do they uh, show the right sort of respect for the local people? It depends. Um, Some people show the right way because it's our town and some people come in and leave horrible messes and it's not the respectful thing to do, but then there is some people that are caring and pick up their rubbish. I think you pretty much find that everywhere. Here's this week's students on John Logan's School of Thought. Welcome back to the School of Thought, where the man of the moment is Gabe from Bindoon Primary School. How you going, mate? Good, John. Now, Gabe, you want to talk about online gaming. Which online gaming platforms do you like the most and why? Uh, I like playing this online gaming platform called Roblox because it has lots of unique games and you can make your own if you don't find one you already like. What is it about online gaming which grabs you? Uh, Playing with friends mainly because you won't feel alone and if you need help doing something on a game you can just ask your friends to help you. How many hours in a week, on average, would you spend in online gaming? Uh, I'd probably spend maybe 30 hours, but you should be spending 21. Why do you say 21? Because you should have, like, three hours a day of gaming. Where did that recommendation come from, mate? Yeah, it was a recommendation from my dad. I don't know where he got it from. Do you do other things apart from online gaming? Sometimes I do build Lego and go out riding my scooter or go see some friends at basketball or something. Does it concern you that if you spend too much time playing games online that it could lead to other sorts of things? Not really, as long as you're making sure you're getting out and exercising a little, at least. Because you don't want to become addicted to anything, do you? Whether it be anything at all in life. You want to enjoy it, and perhaps it's a, a brain starter in a way. Some, sometimes it can be, the likes of online gaming and other games. You don't want to become addicted to it, do you? No, you definitely don't want to get addicted because if you get really addicted, you'll just stay in and just eat and eat and just play. But I don't really get addicted that easily because I get bored really easily. <laughs> so, How about you other kids? Lucy, what do you think about it? I do like online gaming, especially Roblox as well. But um, since I live on a farm, I do actually go out and like ride the motorbike in that. So I'm not on it all the time, but I am on it sometimes. Do you find that it stimulates your brain? Yes, I do. Lily, what do you think? Um, I don't really think that that good about it it's more you should shouldn't really be sitting in front of a screen you should be playing outside and in the real world emily um well i do online games sometimes but i prefer just you know talk to my friends on my phone and stuff like that but i get bored from it quite easily so i would rather hang out with my dog gabe are more kids getting into online gaming I think so. I'm not 100% sure about that, but probably. 
Do you think there should be tougher rules around online gaming? Perhaps the time that someone spends online gaming? Uh, yeah, because it, if you play too much, it can lead to addiction, which, as we said before, can be very bad. Well, we're just about run out of time here on School of Thought. Had a lot of fun this afternoon. We talked about, of course, farming. We talked about uh, bees. We're all buzz out of that one. (laughs) (laughs) Online gaming and Bindoon and the merits of Bindoon. And there seems to be lots of them. Before I say good afternoon, I'd like you all to have the opportunity to shout out to someone special to you. Starting with you, Gabe. Uh, I would like to shout out my mother, Christine. Lucy? Um, my mum as well, Megan. Emily? Um, my horse riding instructor and my dad and my mum. And how about you, Lily? I'd like to shout out to my granny and granddad who listened to this and all my friends from school. Thanks heaps for joining us on School of Thought this afternoon, the fabulous kids from Bindoon Primary School. I've learnt a lot and I hope our listeners have learnt a few things as well. I'm John Logan. Take care. Until next time, God bless.